Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Right now, though, a Surrey woman returned from a trip to Mexico with a story she'll never forget. She was shot in the leg while sitting at a restaurant. It happened in central Mexico in the city of San Luis Potosi. Erin MacArthur has more on how it all unfolded and why she feels like she was abandoned by both governments. Heba Sheik's leg is broken in two places. Her tibia shattered after a bullet ripped through her ankle three weeks ago. Even now, she can vividly remember the sound. All of a sudden I hear a big bang, like fire, kind of fireworks. It all seemed like a bad dream. After the gunfire stopped, the 31-year-old collapsed to the floor. It wasn't until she looked down at her foot she realized she was wounded. It was like completely going the opposite way and it was covered in blood and my, my dress was totally drenched in blood. Heba was visiting St. Louis Potosi to see a friend who had just moved home. The shooting happening just two days into her vacation. We got a call at about almost 8 in the morning uh, from Canadian Watch in Ottawa. After that, the family says they were left to their own devices. Heba forced to fly back home in excruciating pain alone on her own dime. I want justice because he, oh, he owes me big time. And this is not a joke. It's a, yeah. it's a huge thing that I'm not able to get onto my feet for at least six, seven months. Despite assurances from state officials, it's unlikely the man who pulled the trigger will ever be caught. Farouk Sheikh has concerns about how both governments handled their situation. At least somebody who's going to travel next time knows that he's on his own or on her own. And whatever happens, this is, about, this is all about what you're going to get. The Sheikh family warning travelers to be wary visiting Mexico. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. An arrest has been made in connection with a threat on a Kamloops school. RCMP have arrested a male youth after receiving a tip from Interpol about a threat made against Kamloops Christian School. The tip was based on a social media post that showed the young man holding two pistols with a threatening caption. RCMP believe there is no further risk to the school, staff or students. RCMP were unbelievable uh, how fast they were able to respond. They did uh, have somebody uh, in custody, I believe, early this morning as well. Uh, at that point, we were still closed and we just decided to keep it closed as there's still a little bit more to do. Anytime something like this happens, uh, when we're done, we'll always review the policies and what we kind of did and try to tweak it best we can. Uh, we are trained, I mean, principals are trained to, uh, to do what we need to do when things like this do happen. For the first time tonight, we're getting... Some pretty dramatic video evidence from the voir dire and the trial of Curtis Segmoen. The North Okanagan man is facing several charges, accused of pointing a gun at a sex worker in 2017. Rumina Dea has more on the intense exchange between Segmoen and investigators during his police interrogation. Now, Segmoen's voice has been altered in the video due to a court order. Just give me one second. Curtis Sagmoen looks drained, but calm 
on day two of his police interrogation until this. We've had to seize them under warrant. Sagmoen extremely upset about the impact on his mom after hearing police seized computers from his parents' home. Upset? Yeah. Okay. I'm not even upset yet. Another explosion because police won't return Sagmoen's phone. You need to calm down a bit, okay? I'm sorry, I apologize for losing my temper, okay? This is the way I feel. 38-year-old Sagmoen is accused of threatening a sex trade worker with a gun while wearing a mask in August 2017. Did you meet this girl? I didn't meet a girl. I did not meet a girl. Did you text her? Truthfully, did you text her? Yes or no? Okay, thank you. Thank you for telling me the truth. Do you want to shake my hand? Thank you. And I never fired a firearm. Okay. I never threatened anyone. Zagmoen has pleaded not guilty to five charges, including firearms offenses and uttering threats. He repeatedly tells police he's innocent, but they keep pushing. A month after the September 2017 police investigation, Sagmoen makes national headlines. RCMP launch a massive investigation of his parents' farm south of Salmon Arm. A grisly discovery October 2017. The remains of missing teen, 18-year-old Tracy Genero, found on the 24-acre property. Sagmoen is not facing any charges in connection with Genero's death, nor has he been named a suspect. Police say the investigation is ongoing. Mr. Sagmoen, any comment on the allegations? In the current case before the court related to the sex worker allegations from August 2017, defense wants the police interrogation thrown out. Arguing Sagmoen was induced, his statements not voluntary. Crown says Sagmoen chose when not to speak. He was offered counsel but refused. Madam Justice Beams will rule on the admissibility of the police interrogation evidence on Monday. Romina Dea, Global News, Vernon. Well, far fewer people smoke these days, but the Downtown Vancouver Business Association says cigarette butts are still a big problem. Just look at that picture. The association is displaying 52 pounds of cigarette butts that were collected across downtown just last month. They say cigarette butts are usually mixed in with the garbage left on the streets, but when they're separated out, it becomes clear how bad the problem is. They're urging smokers to either put cigarette butts in the garbage or use pocket ashtrays that are easily available at City Hall and in a number of community centers. Pocket ashtrays. Pocket ashtrays. There is such a thing. How to use it. Otherwise, they go right down the sewer into the water. There's also quitting. There is that. Okay. If you are wandering around down... I did it myself. It can happen. That's right. If you're wandering around downtown Vancouver tonight, you might want to stop in at the Farmer's Market. A great spot. And that's where meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now with more on where it is and what you can find down there, Christy. 
Thanks, Chris. Sophia, yeah, nice little break from the rain downtown here. Uh, this farmer's market opened tonight, but for two more uh, Thursdays, which is really nice. This is Laura Gibson. She's the manager of the market down here. She also manages the Mount Pleasant uh, market that happens on Sunday. Laura, you could talk about food all day long. I tell, <laughs> tell us, it was a pretty successful summer down here. It was. There was so much stuff to pick from. The farmers did really well. They're super happy about the season. And as we head into the next couple of weeks, of yeah. course, there are probably a lot of fall items. Tell us what people can expect. Oh, there's everything. It's perfect harvest time. There's apples and plums and squash and zucchini. Plums. Yeah, we just plums. had one actually right, <laughs> right here. They're amazing. Everything. There's still some peaches. There's always greens. You can get bread and cheese and craft beer and everything all season. You can even sharpen knives, I noticed. Yeah. There's necklaces. There's everything here. We have a very talented, hardworking group of people down here. Yeah. So not only this farm's market is open for another two weeks, but uh, uh, them all around the Lower Mainland. Uh, this one's open until 7 o'clock tonight, 3 to 7 for the next two Thursdays. Thank yes. you so much, yeah. Laura. And uh, have a little plum. Uh, Laura and I are going to uh, share, not share this one, but we've got a, a little basket over there we're sharing. All right, guys, we'll bring a few back to you as well. Amazing video, an explosion and fire at a chemical factory in Turkey catapults a huge drum into the air. Onlookers, as you can see, scramble when it crashes to the ground. A police officer then orders everyone to clear the area. Two firefighters were injured in the explosion. The family of a University of Victoria student who was killed in that bus crash near Bamfield on Vancouver Island are in B.C. tonight, hoping to bring about some change. As they grieve for their daughter, Emma, they're calling on the province to fix the road where she and another student died. And as Kylie Stanton reports, they and others are shocked. The university is going ahead with another trip to the area. This is her overnight bag. Some extra clothes, a pair of gloves. Her runners. It's packed by someone who assumed they'd be coming home in just a few short days. But now, this is all the Machado family has left. Emma was on that road at the wrong time, in the wrong vehicle, sitting in the wrong place on that bus. The 18-year-old University of Victoria student was travelling this remote stretch between Port Alberni and Bamfield last Friday night, when the bus skidded off the road, tumbling 20 metres down an embankment. Of the 48 people on board, Machado and her fellow classmate John Geerdes did not survive. The news, devastating. It's been really difficult. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Leaving the family desperate for answers. How is this possible? Why are they driving up there in those conditions? And endless questions that I don't think still have been answered. The Machados are not alone. Since the crash, calls for improvements to the road have been relentless. Western Forest Products is responsible for maintaining the 80-kilometer stretch commonly used by loggers, but it's increasingly being driven by the public. Today, the province made a commitment to safety. We're going to be working, uh, Claire and I, and uh, the appropriate forest companies and the Indigenous community to try and find a way to improve that road. But in the meantime, it's business as usual for the university. While staff declined to comment on camera, a statement said the only other UVic trip this term is in late October and there are no plans to cancel it. The outcomes of our review will inform decisions around transportation for that field trip as well as other future trips. I don't think it should go ahead. Like it's so soon. For the Machados. I can't believe it. It's simply unacceptable. If anything else happened to anyone on that road, you know, 
I would be so mad. Because no one should have to feel the kind of pain of a loved one gone too soon. We're picking her up today from the funeral place to take her home. Kylie Stanton, Global News. An Alberta couple who treated their ailing son with herbal remedies rather than seek medical attention have been found not guilty in the boy's death. David and Colette Stephan were charged with failing to provide the necessaries of life to 19-month-old 19, 19 Ezekiel, who died in March of 2012. The official cause of death was bacterial meningitis, but a pathologist said the child died from a lack of oxygen to the brain when he was in an ambulance. Stephens were found guilty by a jury in 2016, but the Supreme Court overturned the decision and ordered a new trial. In Health Matters tonight, a coalition of major Canadian health organizations is calling for urgent political action to protect young people from the dangers of vaping. Youth vaping has become a public health crisis. The call comes one day after what's believed to be the first case in Canada of respiratory illness linked to vaping. Health groups say they have been pressing Ottawa for more than a year for tougher restrictions on vaping. One year and three consultations later, no such regulations have been implemented. There needs to be an immediate interim order to reduce youth vaping with measures on advertising, flavors and nicotine levels. The group say Health Canada should treat vaping products the same way they treat tobacco. Just about every road in Winnie is flooded right now. Well, one look at this sign will tell you how high the floodwaters are in parts of Texas as the remnants of tropical storm Imelda caused flash flooding across the state. The storm dumped as much as three feet of rain sometimes at the rate of five inches per hour. Hundreds of people were rescued from flooded homes and even from their vehicles on flooded highways. They do get a ton of rain down there at times. All right, as crews continue to try to save this year's salmon run from that massive rock slide into the Fraser River, researchers from Simon Fraser University are working on a possible game changer. As Linda Aylesworth reports, they're hoping their research could someday help predict rock slides and maybe even prevent them. The massive Big Bar rock slide that threatened to destroy some of the largest salmon runs in the world has put the Fraser River in the spotlight of late. But it's long been the focus of interest at Simon Fraser University. So that is one of the biggest uh, canyons that exists uh, on the Earth's surface. And yet we know very little about rivers that run through bedrock. So 10 years ago, Jeremy Van Ditty and a team of researchers rafted down the canyon and discovered the presence of deep pools. And these deeply scoured pools are on the order of 30 meters deep. Um, and one of the things that we were really interested in is, is how flow moves through those. One of the places they observed such a pool was at the site of the recent slide. Could it have played a role in the collapse? Absolutely. Uh, the high velocity water as it comes to the canyon follows down into the pool and when it does that it exerts an enormous amount of pressure on the sides of the channel. It drives sediment into the sides of the channel and that causes undercutting of the rock wall. With its base knocked out from under it, the canyon wall came crashing down. The same thing happened over 100 years ago in Hell's Gate and will likely happen again. There are between 65 and 100 other places in the river that we can identify today where the same morphology and the same flow structure exists. 
The goal of his research? To learn enough about the phenomenon to predict which canyons are at risk of collapsing so emergency response plans can be ready to implement at a moment's notice. Now that we know this sort of thing, how important this can be for fish, I think it's something that we should probably ramp up on trying to understand more about. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. And coming up after the forecast, the Tetris Challenge and why so many first responders are turning this into a worldwide phenomenon. It looks like fun, whatever it, sure it does. is. All right, let's head back down to the downtown farmer's market. Christy Gordon had a plum earlier sampling the wares there and uh, mm -hmm. looking at the weather forecast, of course. I sure am, Sophie. You know, I'm learning a lot down here. A lot of very uh, innovative ideas down here. Uh, this one being dried fruit, basically fruit from wholesalers that couldn't be sold. And one young woman dries these out and then uh, sells these. And then a lot of that money actually goes back into uh, charitable organizations as well as another gentleman who takes the byproduct from beer. So all the burly, uh, barley mush after beer is made, he actually grinds that, dries it, grinds it down and makes an incredible flour and baked goods. So some neat stuff down here, that's for sure. Now, it is drier right now. We did have rain earlier, and we still do have more rain in the forecast for the overnight period. But your Friday, everyone, is looking not too bad. However, we will still see a fair amount of cloud. Uh, the forecast is showing a slight chance of showers out in the Fraser Valley. We're not a complete clearing, but we will see sunny breaks, or at least we're hoping for those sunny breaks. Uh, so this is your school day forecast, everyone. Partly cloudy skies with a high of 18 degrees. However, over the weekend, we're back to rain, not during the day on Saturday. Saturday actually looks dry, but overnight Saturday through a good part of our Sunday, at least the morning hours on Sunday, we could see anywhere from 20 to 40 millimeters of rain. North coast will be wet tomorrow, dry further inland, just a chance of showers through the Okanagan Valley and the Columbia region, whereas the south coast will see mainly sunny or Partly cloudy skies, I should say, mainly dry conditions, except that slight chance of showers out in the Fraser Valley. And yes, Saturday looking like a wet one, but not till the evening hours. So if you have outdoor activities, Saturday is certainly your day. But look at this beautiful dried fruit. This is a uh, kiwi with the actual um, uh, skin on, but it tastes delicious, you two. I'll bring some back to you, but really neat ideas down here. She always says she'll bring Stuff back. I haven't even, I'm still <laughs> waiting on stuff from the PE. Like five years ago. <laughs> exactly. Fun stuff. They're Thanks. cold by now. Thanks a lot, Christy. Looks yummy. All right. Uh, this is very interesting. First responders around the world have taken to emptying their vehicles, carefully arranging their equipment and themselves on the ground, and then posing for pictures. For example, these firefighters from Switzerland. It's called the Tetris Challenge. And it's a variation of... Canoling? Canoling, canoling. I had to ask you. I'm not even <laughs> sure if I'm right. That's the process <laughs> of arranging objects in 90 degree angles and taking photos, okay? The Tetris Challenge started with a Facebook post by Zurich Police of two officers on the ground beside the contents of their car. Since then, other first responders around the world have taken up the challenge with those, fire, with, uh, those firefighters in Switzerland, taking it to the next level and posting a time-lapse video of the entire process. It's a lot of equipment to unpack just for an aerial selfie. You could do that with some reporter's cars. It might be fun around unpack here. Unpack the car. And <laughs> yeah. What would happen if they got a call right in the middle of that? <laughs> It'd be problematic. 
Send somebody else, they would say. Yeah. Squire's here with sports. What's I up? Ask that uncomfortable question. What do you have for us? Well, I'll start with a bit of hockey. Sounds reasonable. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Canucks exhibition season is continuing tonight in Edmonton, where the Oilers are still not playing Connor McDavid. He suffered a knee injury right at the end of the last season. He's been skating in practice, but the Oilers do not want to play him in meaningless games. In fact, they won't play him at all until doctors say he is 100% to go. They are optimistic he should be ready for the start of the regular season. As for the Canucks, they have been playing some of their main guys. We saw Pedersen the other night. Tonight, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, Jacob Markstrom are among the regulars who are taking on the Oilers. In fact, there's Markstrom right there going all Obi-Wan Kenobi on us with the hoodie. All right, first goal of the game, it's Brogan Rafferty. The Canucks open the scoring just past the four-minute mark. A face-off win and a shot from Baker Street. one-nothing Vancouver. Well, you catch that? That's really old school. I forget it. It takes too long to explain. Uh, then uh, Cooper Marodi knocks this one in. Just got inside the post. Markson didn't argue, so he knew he didn't hold it out. That made it 1-1. But why argue? It's just the exhibition. Who cares? And then uh, just before the end of the first period, oh, mistake at the blue line. And it's Jay Beagle. That made it 2-1. They are still late in the first period. The NHL regular season doesn't start until early October, but gamers around the world can start the NHL season if they like with EA's NHL 20 game, the latest installment of a video franchise that began way back in 1991 with a game simply called NHL Hockey. This is how it used to look. And this is how it looks now. It looks amazing, right? You know, players that look so realistic, have having literally thousands of different player animations, having you know crowds of 18,000 people wearing authentic, you know, jerseys, right? It's constant evolution for Electronic Arts NHL franchise, where the feeling is everything can always get better. Uh, in NHL 19, we revamped all of our skating and our hitting, and then this year for NHL 20, we revamped everything else that you do on the ice. So all of the shooting, all of the one-timers, passes, pickups. Everything that you do is more realistic. One of the main ways to keeping it real is the player ratings, deciding where each player ranks in skill and drive. We have uh, a group of, uh, of producers on our team who are in charge of making sure that the ratings are reflective of what's going on on the ice in the NHL uh, you know, through the course of the season. Uh, they also work with an actual NHL pro scout Right, so that it's a very, very authentic take on, you know, hey, whose uh, slap shot has improved, whose balance, whose backskating, you know, all of these different attributes that we have in the game, they're all reflected in the game. If you're wondering, here are the top five rated players for NHL 20. No surprise, Connor McDavid is number one. If you just look at the Canucks, here are their top five rated players, with number one being Elias Patterson. Patterson obviously had a historic year. So he's gone up from 78 in NHL 19 all the way to 87, which is probably one of the biggest jumps in NHL 20. And while some players don't know their current rating... No, I 
couldn't even tell you what I'm at. I do have um, I'm a family friend that uh, I think he puts me up to like a 99 or something. Like he edits my guy, but I'm not sure what I start at. I have no idea. A lot of players are very aware. A lot of the players will um, consider it part of their own personal brand building. They go on Twitter and they'll comment on their player ratings and you know m make a beat of it, make a, an event out of that. And when does EA start thinking about NHL 21? Oh, we started months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so many different ways that uh, we have improved the game and we continue to improve year uh, after year. That young man is Gardner Minshew II. Really? Yes, really. Jaguars quarterback, now that Nick Foles is hurt. Oh, ball's bouncing, it's wet, it's slick. It's like a salmon in your hands. And it's recovered by the Jaguars. Very next play. The aforementioned Gardner Minshew II throws it to James O'Shaughnessy. A lot of interesting names on this Jaguars team this year. Okay, now it's Minshew again, this time to DJ Chark. And that is a nice touchdown right at the side of the end zone. And it's 14-0 in the second quarter for the Jags over the Titans. There you go. Thank you, Squire Barnes. Global and WestJet Vacations are giving you the chance to win an island escape to Maui WestJet Vacation Package for two, including a private concert with Canadian country music stars High Valley. Today's code is High Valley. Enter now. Coming up on ET Canada, an A-lister's stunning admission about a mental breakdown. Plus, we're keeping up with Khloe Kardashian in Toronto, and only we have a sneak peek of Survivor 39 with host Jeff Probst. That's coming up at 7, right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris and Sophie. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Carlo. Passengers from a Delta Airlines flight are still recovering tonight from an unexpected travel mishap. They got a wild ride when an emergency forced the pilots to drop the plane 30,000 feet in a heartbeat. Delta Airlines Flight 2353 was traveling from Atlanta to Fort Lauderdale Wednesday when pilots received a cabin pressure warning and acted quickly, descending 30,000 feet in just eight minutes. There's an emergency inbound. As oxygen masks dropped, one passenger hugged his son. 21-year-old Harris DeWaskin says his first instinct was to text his family and prepare for the worst. I liken it to when you're on a roller coaster and you go down a steep, um, steep hill. It's sort of just the stomach comes up into your throat. The plane finally making an emergency landing in Tampa. It's never really something that you ever expect to experience. In a statement, Delta apologized to its customers, saying the flight was diverted out of an abundance of caution. Tonight, passengers shaken, but safe. Tom Costello, NBC News. Eight-minute roller coaster ride going straight down. Dive, what was it? Diverted out of an abundance of caution. Yeah. It's very corporate. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, you don't really like flying, do you? And you think I'm going to get a win now? <laughs> <laughs> this is not helping. This is not helping. No, that would be crazy. Uh, Christy's down at the farmer's market. We're, we're already done with her, but it's a great place. Looks like a great place to go, even if it is a little bit showery out there. We thank you very much for watching. Now, we'll see if she comes back with the treats she promised us. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> holding my breath. Have a good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>